This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Real Reel Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. And today's episode is one that I have never been less excited to record. You can probably tell by the title, but it's my first time ever saying this on social media. The podcast is getting a podcast exclusive. I felt like I just wanted to do an episode because one, I didn't really want to talk about this on camera, if I'm being honest. And two, there's so much I wanted to say and I just kind of wanted to ramble. And I felt like podcasting was the place to do that rather than a whole YouTube video. And I didn't want to say anything on Instagram because there's like not enough words to put in just like Instagram story like I just thought that would be really weird so podcasting is the method that I chose I know last week I uploaded a repeat episode because I could not bring myself to record a solo episode and a solo episode was on the calendar so that's why I was like I'm just gonna give myself a week before I can talk about this and record a solo episode and usually for my episodes I have a script that I write out like not my interviews but my solo ones I'll do an entire script and this time I don't I don't really have anything because I just kind of want to use this as a free therapy session you guys are going to be my therapist that cannot talk back to me yet but hopefully after this episode you guys can dm me and we can kind of have not even I guess it's not therapy because I mean I don't hope you guys relate but like I hope if you do relate you feel comfortable DMing me and treating me as like a friend that you can talk to about this. And because I think a lot of people relate to something like this more than anything. And it's we're like two minutes into this intro and I can't even say the words. So I feel weird doing this. I don't know. I just I hate the fact that I even have to do this. I mean, I love the fact that my life is on social media, but this is when those moments suck. And I don't necessarily feel a pressure to talk about this. I feel more, if I'm being honest, of like an obligation to talk about this when it's still fresh because I want to capture my emotions when they are still fresh, not a year down the line or six months down the line. And I want to help other people because other people have helped me and other podcasts and other YouTube videos and other other everything has helped me other pieces of content, TikToks, whatever that might be. And so I kind of feel if I'm on the internet and I have an audience that I'm somewhat obligated to do something like this if it's been placed on my heart and it has. So if you guys don't know by now, by the title, by (laughs) context clues, my boyfriend and I broke up. We were dating for almost four years. It's actually like a week from I'm recording this. Actually, you guys are probably listening to it on our four-year anniversary since we met and we never stopped talking since then. So even though we weren't official four years ago, we liked to celebrate in September. So we broke up and I'm recording this like two weeks after we broke up because I physically couldn't bring myself to beforehand. I was really emotional. I would have cried a lot. I hope I don't cry in this podcast. I think I'm like good enough to not cry right now. And I've talked about it like so freaking much with so many people. So I feel like my tears have ran out, but you never know what, <laughs> you never know how your emotions are going to act. So we broke up and I don't even know, like, I just never thought that I would have to record this. I never thought that I would have to record an episode like this. I never thought I would have to say this on the internet. I really, really thought that like I wouldn't have to go through another breakup again because breakups are the worst things in the world. I think, I think that they're the most heart-wrenching, painful, worse than physical pain thing that anyone can go through. And I really thought that I was done with that. I thought I had put breakups behind. I thought that, you know, I don't know. I just I just never thought that I would have to be doing this. And I'm not going to go into details on our relationship because that really doesn't matter. All you need to know is that 
I've never been more in love with someone. I've never loved someone that much. I still have the most love in the world. Like it wasn't anything. No one did anything. So no one cheated. No one disrespected anyone. No one. It wasn't it wasn't like we we had fights. It wasn't a toxic relationship. It was the most healthy relationship I've ever been in. And it was the most like beautiful relationship I've ever been in. And it was just really, I'm not going to go into reasons or, or anything because one, there's two people in this relationship, but just know that, like, just know that it was mainly just differences in life and differences in the people that we were. And we just had some differences that we felt, you know, ne didn't necessarily have compromises on for our future. So that's what happened there. So nothing bad happened. I'm so thankful that, you know, nothing bad happened because I still have like the most love in my heart for him. And I know that he does as well. And so that's, I think, what's, what makes it even harder. I think that's what makes it harder because it's not like someone did something. Like, I think it'd be a lot easier, actually. I feel like, and maybe not, but like, I feel like it'd be easier if there was like one reason of like, oh my God, I hate you. I deserve so much better than this. Like, it wasn't that. And I think those breakups are always the hardest when it's like a drifting apart or growing apart or a difference of opinion or a difference in beliefs or a difference in whatever. Things that are like you want to work it out, but like you just can't and you want to work it out so badly because you really love what you have. Like I think those breakups are the worst. Whereas like I say this as someone who has been cheated on in the past, like those breakups, like getting cheated on, don't get me wrong, it's so so painful like incredibly painful but I feel like you know that like you like hate that person you know and and that might help a little bit more I don't know I don't know if I'm making any sense I'm just kind of rambling because again like I said I don't have a script for this episode but I'm not going to get into details of our relationship other than that it was amazing and beautiful and I love him so much and that's all I'm going to say on that please no one reach out to him because one that's weird especially if you don't know him. And I don't think any of us want that because we're both healing right now. Because like I said, this happened two weeks ago. So please don't say anything. I'm trusting the thousands of you listening to this to <laughs> not say anything. I wonder how, how that's going to go. But yeah, so that happened. I wanted to make this episode talking about what the past two weeks have been like, giving you kind of an update because all I did the first few days of the breakup was watch TikToks about breakups and watch YouTube videos about breakups and read Reddit threads about breakups. And for some reason, that comforted me. And I think it comforted me because it made me realize that other people are going through this and they ended up okay. And other pe people break up every single day and it's okay. And I think it's it's just so good to remember. And it's not like misery loves company. Like, I don't think it's that. I think it's more about realizing that you are not alone and these feelings that you're feeling are normal and that it's a very, like if other people go through it and turn out better than they were beforehand. And I think that is what gives me so much comfort. Like that gives me peace. It gives me comfort. And it's one of the things that's been helping me. So I hope that if any of you are going through a breakup, whether you are listening to this when I've uploaded it, or you're listening to this a year after I've uploaded it because you're looking to find some like peace and comfort in this. I hope that this helps you. And I hope that I serve as like a friend that you're listening to talk about this. And if you're just curious as well, hello, welcome. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about my dating experience. And then I want to talk about what I've been doing this past few weeks and my healing process and also what not to do and things that I've learned from previous breakups, but also things that I've just been learning from what's made me feel better now. So sit down, listen to the pod, enjoy. And I hope that by the time you're done listening to this, you feel a little bit better. And I hope that it brings you an ounce of comfort because I know that that is all you need right now. So we'll start with my dating experience, giving a little backstory. I like to give context in my episodes. So I've had three boyfriends and I wish I could say that I hadn't. I wish I could only have like two boyfriends. I feel like two is perfect. You know, three two or three is like perfect. Like I don't want to have four. Like that just sounds like a lot. But anyways, I've had three boyfriends. I was someone in high school that I didn't really, I was like a late bloomer. I think I was really awkward. I didn't 
want to talk to guys because I was really scared for a really long time. And so I didn't start talking to guys until probably like my sophomore or junior year of high school. I remember I had my first kiss my junior year of high school. I think I was entering my junior year of high school when I had my first kiss. And I was so embarrassed that it took that long because there was so much pressure to, you know, get it over with. Anyways, I liked guys, you know, I had crushes. I was texting some people, but like nothing ever came out of any of those. Like none of those blossomed into relationships. It was always just like me having a crush and that pretty much being it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tip are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to theouai.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's theouai.com, promo code RealReal. my first boyfriend my senior year of high school. It was my second semester senior year. So I only had a boyfriend for a very small amount of high school. I think we started dating in December. So it was like a half the year I had a boyfriend and we dated in college. I think we like had taken a break. We dated in college. We ended, we broke up officially at the end of my freshman year. So my freshman year of college, I had a boyfriend. That summer, I had a single summer, but I didn't really because I was hanging out with some of my guy friends and I was hanging out with friends in general, but some of my guy friends as well. I was single though, but I wasn't, I was also really young. I was like 19 at the time. So I wasn't like going on dates. I feel like in college, you don't really go on dates. I don't know if the times have changed, but at least when I was a freshman in college, it's not like you 
dated and like went on dates to get drinks or like dinner or anything like that because one we weren't 21 but also that was just like weird I feel like it was you just like talked to people and you like snapchatted people and you like dm'd people I feel like that was what that was like and that's how people met I think it's probably still like that am I dating myself I don't know I feel like I'm like aging myself a lot right now being like so what are the kids doing nowadays anyways I'm not that old I need to remind myself of that So I started hanging out with some guy friends and I started dating one of my friends pretty shortly after. I actually do not remember at all when our anniversary was, which I don't remember the day or the month in the slightest. I just think it was in the fall. I think it was maybe like October, November. So (laughs) let's, let's call it that. So I started dating someone else in the fall and I feel like I never gave myself that moment to be single because I pretty much jumped right away to like hanging out with some guy friends, developing crushes, and then dating one of my friends in the fall. We dated for two or three years. We had taken a break in the middle of it, but pretty much dated for all the rest of college. We broke up my senior year of college like at the end of senior year. So we broke up then. And then I had, you know, met Keon at the end of the summer and we had never stopped talking. Like we talked, it was an instant connection. Like it was absolutely instant. It was like the second I met him, I knew he was going to be in my life. It was like one of those things where it was like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I like this guy a lot. I'm like so into him. And I'm like, what am I doing? Because he doesn't live anywhere where I live. And like, oh my God. But I just knew it was like, I'm not going to say it was love at first sight because it was 100% not love at first sight, but there were sparks. It was one of the only moments of my life where I actually felt sparks with a random stranger because my previous relationships had been with friends of mine already. Like I had friendships there. I had already known them. And this was the first guy that I met that I was like instant sparks, head over heels. I'm in so much trouble. And I've never felt that way before. So we were pretty much like not inseparable, but like we never stopped talking. We were, you know, we would talk all the time. We would FaceTime all the time. We were long distance. So we would visit each other and it was just, it was fun and it was great. And like I said, it was the most healthy relationship that I'd ever been in. My first boyfriend and I, we were young, we were dumb. I mean, there was, you know, stupid stuff that had gone on in that first relationship. Definitely was not a good relationship. It was not healthy at all he's not a bad person at all. It was just like not a healthy relationship. And like, I think we both now at however old we are, 26 years old, can look back and like laugh about it. But at 18, obviously, it felt like the biggest deal ever. And I was like so heartbroken by it. And that breakup definitely took me a little bit of time to get over. My second boyfriend was one where I felt, I felt obviously a lot of love in that relationship. And we went through a lot of growth because we were both like it was from, you know, early college to graduating. But it felt like that was just that season of my life. Like it wasn't growth in college, I feel like is a little different than growth postgrad, but it's slower of growth. And, you know, you don't have responsibilities. You don't have as many responsibilities. You're, you know, young and carefree and you're kind of like doing the same thing all the time. And so I felt like that relationship was one where I was in it more so out of comfort, I'm going to say. And this again, I've had really great like people like uh, my boyfriends have been really great guys. Like I haven't had anyone that's been like super shitty or anything like that. So with my second boyfriend, I think I stayed with him a little bit out of comfort for a while. And I think we can both say that. I mean, I haven't talked to him since we've broken up, but I can... I can say at least that it was more of like, we're comfortable, we're used to this and nothing's wrong. So we're going to keep going. And then with that breakup, you know, that one was hard because again, it was one of those where it was like nothing went wrong, but we both knew that we just like were not meant for each other at all. And we just like weren't compatible. And I think when you get out in the real world or you're like outside of that bubble of college, you kind of realize that. I think that's why a lot of breakups happen outside of like once you graduate college and once you graduate high school and go to college, you just realize if you're compatible with them, you realize if you're growing in the same direction. And if you're not, then you go your separate ways. And I think that's fine. So those were my two breakups prior to this one. And like I said, with Keon, it was, you know, like sparks instantly. And it was amazing. And it was so healthy. And like, he was my best friend. And it was just like, 
yeah, it was such a good, healthy relationship. And as you know, we were long distance for a really long time. We were long distance for three years. So that's kind of my backstory. Sorry if that bored you, but that's my backstory. So as you can see from the timeline, I have not been single as an adult, like ever. Like, obviously, there's been like months, like small periods that I've been single, but I really haven't had like a season of singleness where I just like am not talking to anyone. I'm not meeting people. I'm not like in a relationship. And to me, like, I personally hate that. I wish I had a period of singleness. Like, I I wish that some of my previous relationships were cut short or didn't happen or whatever. You know, I know I learned a lot from them, but I feel like I, I could have gotten the same lesson with those relationships being shorter. And I think with both of those relationships, I should have ended them so much earlier. And I know, like, I can tell, like, specific moments when I'm like, that is when the relationship should have ended with both of those relationships. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, whoever's listening to this, people, if you're listening to this and you have a gut feeling that you should not be in a relationship, but you are just scared to not be in a relationship because you're scared of being alone, please take that as a sign that you should be alone and that you should not be in that relationship because it's only going to hurt down the line and you're going to look back and you're going to wish that you had a season of singleness. And it, like, I promise you, like, I'm sure if any of you relate to this, please DM me and let me know because I can pinpoint exact moments when I'm like, that is when the relationship should have ended. And that is when it should have never been restarted because I don't ever regret full on relationships because I think you learned so much from them. You learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about what you want and what you don't want in a partner. You learn about other people. And like, I I think relationships are beautiful things, you know, but I can pinpoint such exact moments when I knew that things should have ended and with both of those relationships and I didn't. And because of that, I have not really been single. And so I really wish that I was. I wish that I had, you know, ever since I was 17 years old, I've pretty much had a boyfriend and been in a relationship, which is why I've never gone on a date in my life. Like, of course, me and Keon or like me and my previous relationships, we've gone on dates within the relationship. But I've never been on like a dating app date where I just meet someone random for dinner or I've never like had someone be like, hey, do you want to go on a date? Do you want to go to get drinks? Like I've never, ever had that with someone that was not the person I am dating. And that's crazy because I'm 26 years old and I've never had that. And so you know, I've, I've just never experienced some of those things. And I've never taken time to really be by myself. And I've, you know, taken time to like be alone and figure out what I enjoy doing and only me without thinking about anyone else in mind or what I enjoy doing without having to tell someone what I'm doing. I think what I really love and what I did love, like, especially when I was younger, and why I was scared to be alone when I was younger was the fact that like, I always had someone to text. I always had someone to talk to. I always had someone to update about my life. And I loved that like companionship. And I loved the best friend aspect. And I loved like having someone I could always talk to. And like they were obligated to talk to me and I wasn't annoying, you know, like I feel like with some girlfriends, like, yes, of course, some of my girlfriends, I know I can text them whenever, but it's not the same. And I don't know how to describe it, but it's just not the same thing. And I think I just really loved that like built-in best friend aspect that I, you know, was so scared to be by myself or like always having someone to do things with. And I enjoyed their company. And I think that is why with my when I was younger, I was just so scared to be alone. And so that is something that if you are listening to this and you have not been single and you've bounced from relationship to relationship to relationship, I'm not saying that you need to be single, even though I do think that you do. I'm saying that I think it's yeah, actually, I'm saying you need to be single. I think I think I wish that I was earlier. And right now is when I'm experiencing it. But I think I'm finally like doing that. And I wish that I had learned that earlier. Like, I just I don't know, I guess like when people are like, do you have any regrets in life? I look back at some of my previous relationships, and how long they dragged on for and I think of those as regrets. Now, this relationship, Keon and I's relationship, I do not regret a single thing. Of course, there are obviously like you can look back and nitpick every aspect of your relationship. But I know that in the future, I'm not going to be looking back and being like that dragged on for too long. Because like I said, I think it was like amazing and incredible. And I have no bad things to say. So I just want to make that clear that I'm not like 
bashing my previous one. I'm talking about my first and second boyfriend, which if you think I'm bashing them, I'm not bashing them. I'm bashing myself in those moments. If they're listening to this, sorry, guys, haven't talked to you in years. But anyways, (laughs) don't date a girl that has a podcast. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, anyways. So that's kind of my dating experience. And without getting into too many details, that's my dating experience. Now, Like I said, we broke up two weeks ago and I haven't wanted to talk about it, but I knew I just had it on my heart that I wanted to talk about how I've been feeling. And I actually thought about vlogging the week that it happened. And I know that sounds psycho. It's like, really, you're going to monetize off of your breakup? No, I wanted to document it so I could look back and be like, look how far I've come and also show you guys like, look how far you can come because that's what I was looking for on the internet. But I couldn't bring myself to do it. I really couldn't. I was just so sad and I was crying all the time and I like couldn't get myself to do anything hence why there was a recording of a previous episode that was uploaded last week because I went on like shutdown mode and I couldn't do anything and I was like I am not going to force myself to do something just so I can like help other people I need time to heal and I need time to just cry and feel every emotion I'm feeling and I don't want to document that and I don't think anyone can blame me so The second I started feeling better, which is pretty much now, I mean, of course, it's still really hard, but feeling like I can actually bring myself to talk about it, I wanted to. And I kind of feel numb talking about this because I've talked about it so much to so many people. So I think that's why I'm not crying right now. And I'm pretty like neutral, even though I'm still like in the healing process and will be in the healing process for a while. I think I've numbed myself out, if that makes sense. So we broke up and the day it happened, I'm not going to get into details again, but the day it happened, I was an absolute wreck. I couldn't stop crying. It was like the most I've cried in my life. I just cried all day and I FaceTimed my friends all day. So when it happened, I called my mom and I told her that she needed to buy a plane ticket and she needed to come to Miami immediately. So she came. She came that night. Her plane landed at like 10 p.m. Her and my sister actually came. I didn't know my older sister was coming, but they both came and they were here with me. My sister had to leave after two days, but my mom stayed until Friday. And then me and her went to North Carolina together. So my family came to visit and it was critical. It was absolutely critical that I had my mom with me when it happened. I think people underestimate, you know, like the family when you're going through something like this like so many times I just think like I can go through things alone like I can bottle things up inside I can deal with things by myself but when you are that broken and shattered and feel like I literally felt like I was a vase and someone threw me against a wall and I don't know how to describe it other than that like that is how I physically felt it was it's not a mental that's how I felt mentally it's literally how I physically felt Heartbreak manifests itself in such a physical way. Like I would rather have broken my leg and broken my arm and broken my wrist, broken any bone in my body than felt the pain I was feeling that day. It was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life because you are just didn't know what to do with myself. It's like your life one second is figured out and planned. And then the next second, your life is totally up in the air. You have no idea what you're doing. And especially at this point, like I am not going to bash any relationship, whether you feel heartbroken at 16 or you feel heartbroken at 45. Like I think heartbreak is the same no matter what. And I don't want to dismiss people when they're young and in love and like, oh, like you don't know what you're talking about because I just think that's not true. Like I think you can feel heartbreak and it can feel shattering at any age. But for me, I mean, you know, when you think about someone that like you had a future with and that you were envisioning this future with and you break up with them and that's any relationship but you just feel so shattered and it's like one second you're fine and one second you guys are normal and then the next second your life is up in the air and you don't know what to do and you don't know your future and and also you're losing your best friend and you're losing the person that you talk to more than anyone in the world and you're just like in an emotional it's emotional chaos like I don't even know how to describe it other than the fact that picture a vase and smashing it against a wall. And that was me. I was a mess. So called my mom, told her that she needed to come over. I called every single one of my friends and I texted every single one of my friends. I called my friend Julie, my friend Grace, my friend Allie. 
I called Katie. I called my co-founders. I called my cousin. I called my sister, my brother, every single person. Like I've probably missed some people that I've called. I've called everyone. I texted so many people because I didn't want people asking me about it. Later that week, I felt like I got into like efficiency mode and productive mode, which is kind of funny if you think about it, that even in a breakup and in emotional distress, I'm still thinking about how to become the most efficient way. Like what's the most efficient way to feel heartbreak? I literally thought that. I was thinking, what is the most efficient way to feel heartbreak? And I'm going to tell you guys, I texted all my friends at once because I knew that this day, the day that we broke up is going to be the day that I'm going to be probably the most sad, like saddest day of my life. So I was like, I'm going to text everyone because if people ask me down the line, if someone asks me in two weeks from now and I have to re-explain this like to them or people like trickling in text, you know, like, oh, tomorrow or in three days from now or two weeks from now or four weeks from now, if people don't know and then they like bring him up or they bring up like, oh, let's all hang out, let's do a double date and they don't know that we broke up. I'm going to feel that same heartbreak again and again and again and again. And I'm sure that it gets better over time, but I'm still, I don't want to have to continue to explain myself and relive that moment. So I was efficient and I texted almost all my friends. I know I missed some people, but I texted a shit ton of people. And I was like, I need you to like, we broke up. Like, by the way, I just wanted you to know. And it was one of those things where everyone was like, wait, what? Because it's not like, you know, I, people were just so confused like I, I just wanted to tell everyone so that people knew so that I could explain it once and be done with it and feel it all that day. And so that's why I was FaceTiming a lot of people that day, which helped because even though I was a crying mess on FaceTime, it made me feel less alone because I was all alone in my apartment and in an apartment that was haunted by him. And I have been listening to Taylor Swift's song Cardigan nonstop because of the lyrics of, oh my God, Chasing Shadows in the Grocery Line. Like, the friends like I knew you or I knew I'd be chasing shadows in the grocery line like pretty much like she's haunted by him I think she says the words haunted in that song I'm like trying to sing it in my head but that song has been what's been healing me (laughs) cardigan like I feel that in my bones feel it in my heart but I just every single inch of this apartment was haunted by him. And so I needed to not feel alone here. So I called all my friends, told them everything. Very, very efficient. Then during the week, since I was texting my friends about it, I straight up, I was needy. And I think it's okay to be needy when you're going through something like this. I texted my friends and I said, we need to have a girls night ASAP. And the next day, girls night happened. Day after that, another one of my friends, girls night happened. And they were there for me. I mean, I knew that they would be there for me regardless if I straight up asked them to be there for me. But I was shameless in the sense where I was like, hey guys, I just broke up with my boyfriend. I need you. Please, can we hang out? Can we do something? Like, I need you. And because I asked, I didn't care if I was being annoying or whatever. My friends had me come over and it was, you know, we we talked about it. They helped me. They were such a support. They told me about their previous breakups and their experiences and what's helped them. And it was just so nice. And I think that if you're someone that bottles up emotions and you want to do this on your own, it's going to be so much harder. Let people in that deserve to be let in and lean on your friends and family and your support system because it's going to make you feel so much better. So that happened. Then on Friday, I went home. So I went home to Charlotte. If you guys saw me on YouTube or Instagram and you saw that I was in Charlotte again for like, because I had just gone home literally the week before. I I came to Miami Monday and by Friday I was back home already. So I only spent like five days in Miami in between. So I went home, spent a weekend at home, which was nice because it got me out of my apartment, which like I said, was pretty much haunted at this point, got me out of my apartment. And I was able to just go home and be with family. And I also hung out with some friends at home. So I hung out with my co-founder that was there. I hung out with some like of my high school friends. I worked at a coffee shop all day, every day, just so I could be out of the house and like surrounded by people. Like I think I just needed to be in like a public environment and I went home and saw them and that was really nice. And so being again, like moral of the story, surround yourself with people. And also one of the other things, if not the biggest thing that helped me is I relied more on my faith than I ever have before. And it has made me so much stronger in my faith than I ever have been before. And if you guys are new here, I am a Christian and I'm not saying this as in like, 
you have to be a Christian or anything like that. Like, I'm just telling you what has helped me in my personal experience. And I don't want to, you know, shove it down your throat or anything, but I am going to speak from personal experience. I leaned on God so much and I leaned on prayer so much. And pretty much what I was leaning on was like, God, please one, give me strength to be able to get through this. Because like I said, shattered vase over here, I was crushed. So I was just praying that God would give me strength and that he would give me comfort and that he would give me peace. And it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I prayed that please just continue to give me peace and comfort and strength and to give him that as well. And I knew that this happened for a reason. And I knew, I kept reminding myself that God's plan and the plan that he has for me is so much bigger than what I have for myself. And I have so much comfort in knowing that even though I don't know what's going to happen in the future, I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. I know that it's something good is coming. And I know that this was for a reason. And I just had so much comfort and peace in that. And that is what helped me more than anything, more than, you know, friends and family, which by the way, helped me so freaking much. And I like could not have like had the strength without them. I relied so much on my faith. I prayed all day. Like whenever I was sad, I just prayed and I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I talked to God as if he was in the room next to me. And I would talk out loud and I would, you know, it might sound crazy, but I just found so much comfort in God and in prayer and in reading scripture. And I would read my Bible every morning and I would just pour myself into the word and I would play worship music when I was driving and in the shower and in the in my room. And I relied so much on that because I knew that God has a plan and I know that his plan is better than mine. And so I'm not going to stress over this and I'm not going to, you know, worry about if this is the right decision, is it not? Because I know that his plan is better than mine. And I'm excited for that no matter what the future holds, even though I don't understand it now, even though it hurts, even though I am so incredibly heartbroken, I know that he is close to the brokenhearted. And that is what helped me. And I know like if you are not someone who, you know, believes the same thing I do, that's okay. But I just wanted to let you know what helped me more than anything. And I'm excited that this season is going to bring me closer to God and I'm going to pour myself into his word and I'm going to go to church more and I'm going to listen to more worship music. And I really want this period to be a time when I'm doing that and spending more time in prayer and spending more time with him. So that's what I did. And it helped me so much. And it really is true. Like at that verse of like, he provides a peace that like surpasses all understanding. It's what I continue to rely on because I felt that I was like, this is a peace that I don't understand. Like, how could I have just gotten out of a four year relationship and felt this peace? But I did even in the brokenness. And I started journaling more. I kind of neglected journaling for the past few months. And I started journaling. My friends would send me devotionals, like surrounding yourself with great, amazing, uplifting, encouraging friends is so crucial. So again, please, if you're going through a breakup, do not go through it alone. Ask your friends to be there for you. Even, I mean, I know that they probably will be regardless if you ask, but don't be afraid to ask them. Like, yes, of course they checked up on me and they were amazing friends, but I asked them. I was like, I need you right now. Just like I picked up the phone and called my mom and said, I need you right now. Like you need to come here today. And she did. And so I think that that is just, that's what I did the past two weeks. So that's kind of how I healed or not healed, healing. That was part of my healing process. And I wanted to kind of talk about that healing process and remind you that it's not linear. When I'm distracting myself, when I'm with friends, I might be smiling, I might be laughing, I might be having a good time. But I came back to my apartment yesterday and I started crying because I just had a really fun weekend with my friends. And it was really fun. I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of fun. I got home to my apartment and I started crying and I started being sad. And I was like, what the heck? I thought I was doing so much better. But healing is not linear. And those won't be the last tears I shed. I know it's going to hurt because random things will trigger it. Random things will remind you about that person. And so one thing that I actually did is I made a note on my phone and I wrote down everything that makes me sad and everything that makes me cry. And it's little things to like, guys, the day that I took the trash out was the day after we broke up and I took the trash out. I started bawling and I think I'm going to cry again <laughs> while I'm recording this, but I started bawling my eyes out, like literally bawling like on the floor crying because he always used to take the trash out. Like something as stupid as that, like as silly as that. And I wrote that down in my notes that that made me cry. And 
I can't wait to look back at that one day and realize that doesn't make me cry anymore and I'm getting better. And I can't wait for that day to come. And, you know, it's such a bittersweet feeling, but like I know that it's going to happen one day that I'm going to be able to think about this and not cry. And again, healing is not linear. One day you might be able to, and then three weeks down the line, you might be crying so hard because you're so sad and you miss the person so much. So just remember that, that healing is not linear. And it doesn't matter how much time you spent with a person, whether it's four years or four months, like you should feel whatever it is you are feeling. I think that's so crucial. That day that it happened and the week that it happened, I told myself, I'm going to feel every single thing I'm meant to be feeling. I'm going to cry whenever I want to cry. I'm going to talk about it whenever I want to talk about it. I'm going to call my friends and text my friends whenever I want to text them about it. And I'm going to feel every single emotion because then I'm going to feel better later down the line. And that's what I did. And it helped a lot. And that's why I think this week I'm home for a little bit, like I'm in Miami for a little bit, but I go to New York tomorrow. So I haven't really been alone yet. I know that that's like healing is not going to be linear and it's going to go in ebbs and flows. And another thing, speaking of not being home and not being by myself for a long time is to distract yourself. Distraction, distraction, distraction. Time heals all. And I'm saying this as someone who is not healed yet. So (laughs) distracting yourself, I think, makes it so much better. So hang out with your friends. I slept over at my friend's house all weekend. I didn't stay in my apartment. I slept at my friend's house all weekend because I just, I needed to distract myself. I went home. I hung out with friends. I've been pouring myself into my work. That is something that I have been doing to distract myself. And I think that that helps. Please do not sit in your apartment and cry for weeks or for days. You need to get out and do stuff because you need to distract yourself because at the end of the day, I can say all of these things that have helped me but ultimately what I know is going to help and what's going to heal me and what's going to, you know, heal yourself is just time. And it's going to feel a lot slower if you're not distracting yourself. So make sure that you are distracting yourself and doing things and hanging out with people and all of that stuff. And that's kind of been like what the healing process has been like for me. And I also want to talk about what not to do. And this is some things that I've learned from one, what I've not done now, which I think has helped me. And I'm glad that I'm not doing these things. But then also from the past and from previous breakups, what I wish I had not done, I guess. So number one, do not jump into another relationship. I say this from experience. I think it's really easy to do that. But then you need to figure out one, you need to completely grieve the person and be over them. But also you should have fun like figuring out yourself. I actually made a list. So I'm not going to read this list, but I did make a list and it's everything that I'm excited about. Because listen, I'm really sad. And, you know, there are moments when I'm not okay. But I know that there's some good that is going to come out of this season. And so I wanted to write down what I was excited about. And so I wrote down some things like I'm excited to, you know, spend more time on YouTube and I'm excited to get more invested in my podcast and I'm excited to take tennis lessons and I'm excited to learn how to cook my favorite recipes. And of course, these things I could have done in a relationship, but I'm excited to discover them by myself and for myself and me only. Even though it might not be ideal, even though you enjoy having a partner more than being alone, I'm still excited to learn more about myself. And I think that's something that everyone should be excited for. And I think you can't do that if you just jump into another relationship. So I think that that's one of the worst things you can do is just jump into another relationship after a breakup because you don't give yourself time to heal and you don't give yourself time to know yourself and you don't give yourself time to be comfortable being alone, which is one thing I'm really excited about because I don't, truthfully, I don't think I'm comfortable being alone. I think that that's something that I've just realized about myself is that I am someone who enjoys talking to other people and being with other people and getting attention from other people. And I'm not comfortable being alone. And this is my first time that I've really been alone in a long time. And it's really effing scary. Like it's really, really scary, but it's something that I'm excited about, even though I'm sad. I don't want my excitement to feel like I'm like happy because I'm not, but I'm, I'm looking at the good and I'm looking at what I'm excited about. And I think it's really healthy to do that. The next thing is to continue talking to that person. Even if they are great people and they are your best friend, you need to stop talking to them. And that is the hardest part to do because all I want to know, like if I'm being honest, I know this is raw, this is vulnerable. Like I said, my podcast is therapy. Anyways, I view this as like no one's listening to me, but I know thousands of people are listening. I view this as no one's listening to me. Like the saddest thing to me is not knowing what my best friend is doing, not knowing what he's doing, not knowing what are his plans, what's he up to, 
What's he excited about? What's the good thing that happened in his life? Like I started crying and I'm kind of crying right now, but I was crying the other day because I just got out of like a really cool meeting and the only person I wanted to talk to about it was him. And I was like, well, I can't, like, I can't talk to him about it. Like that's literally the only person I wanted to talk to. And I had to resist. And I texted someone else about it because I wanted to distract myself, texted some friends about it, talked to my mom about it. Or like, I don't know what he's doing right now. I don't know what his plans are. And the saddest thing in the freaking world is becoming strangers with someone that is like your best friend. And I, that's just like so sad to me is the fact that you can become strangers with someone that has once known every single part of you and has known you better than anyone in the world and that you made, you know, that you let in and, oh my God. Okay. Sorry. guys. sorry. My voice is changing. So that is just so freaking sad and I hate it more than I hate anything and I hate goodbyes and I hate closing chapters and all I want to do is talk to him. That's all I want to do. That's literally all I want to do is pick up the phone and FaceTime him and text him. But in order to heal, you cannot do that. You cannot heal with someone that like if you're breaking up with someone, that chapter needs to close. And that's not to say that you won't talk in the future, but you need to take the time while you are healing to not talk to that person. I know, I'm 100% certain, I will talk to him again and I will be able to grab coffee with him again and I will talk to him. Like, I know that that day will come. Do I know when that day will come? No, I think it's going to come at some point and I know it's going to come at some point, but I know that right now while both of us are taking the time to heal, we cannot speak to each other or we will not get over each other and we will not heal. So if you are listening to this and you're going through a breakup and you're still texting and you're still talking, you need to stop because you will not get better. I'm telling you, it's been a hard two weeks, but it would have been even harder if we kept talking. It's been a lot easier because we haven't talked and we both made that decision to not talk. We stopped sharing our location to make it easier with each other because for the first few days, all I was doing was checking his location. I was going freaking psycho. I was checking his following list. I was checking his location. I haven't had to block or mute or anything like that, which I'm thankful for. But I think it's perfectly fine if you have to do that. I just like was not able to do that. But and I haven't been checking, thankfully, social media. But that's one thing like you need to just like you need to not interact with that person. So you need to mute things that remind you of them. You need to mute them. You need to not check their location. So you need to turn that off. Like all of those things is something that you need to do. The next thing you need to do is you need to spend some time alone. Kind of goes hand in hand with jumping into another relationship. But I think spending time alone, whether that's in prayer, whether you're meditating, whether you're journaling, I think getting your feelings out there is really important. But when spending time alone, I think that you need to distract yourself, you know, so it's kind of like spend time by yourself to like reflect, but distract yourself afterwards. So don't sit at your apartment all day. Don't sulk all day. You should probably see people or talk to people every single day to really distract yourself. And I definitely recommend that. Like I don't recommend sitting at home at your apartment all day. Like definitely go out even if it's just to go and do something like alone. At least you're like surrounded by other people. And then the other thing that you should not do is you should not ignore your emotions. Like I said, I had a whole day to feel. I had a whole day to really feel my own emotions. And I think that's really, really healthy. And not even a whole day. I mean, I've been I've been allowing myself to feel them whenever I want to feel them. I've never told myself, don't cry. I've never told myself, no, 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 don't feel that right now. Guys, I've cried in a Mexican restaurant. I've cried on the street. I bawled my eyes out on an airplane. Like, people were concerned. Like, I was bawling my eyes out. Everyone was looking at me. I did not care because I allowed myself to feel the emotion I needed to feel. And I think that that is what is helping me heal in the process. So like yesterday, I didn't say don't cry because it's been two weeks and like you were doing so well. No, I let myself feel things and I let myself do it. And I think that's really, really healthy. So this is my episode. I don't even know what the title of it's going to be, but my episode about giving you an update about my breakup, but healing in real time, because I didn't want to do this a year down the line and be like, this is what helped me. Because when it's been a year, you kind of forget your emotions. And I wanted to kind of record this, giving you those raw emotions that I'm feeling right now. And sorry if I sound monotone in this, because like I said, I'm kind of numb to it already. Of course, I'm feeling really sad, but 
I've talked to so many people about it that I'm just feeling a little numb. But I would love for you to reach out if you're going through something similar. I might not be able to respond to everyone, but I will definitely try. And I hope that this episode helped someone and especially knowing that you're not alone because you're not. And that's my life update. Please, 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 please. I'm begging you more than anything. Do not reach out to him. Like we both would hate that. And that's just really not healthy for any of us. But I hope that this episode helped. I hope that you know how much love there was there. And I hope that you know that sometimes the most beautiful relationships, which is sad as it is, I guess I hope, I don't hope that you know this, but I guess if you do relate to this, you can have a beautiful, beautiful, healthy relationship and it still not be the one for you. And that freaking sucks. But yeah, I don't know how to end this. I guess I'm just going to end it here. I'd love to read your guys DMs. So if you are still listening, please DM me, share this on your story if you want. I know it's a little personal, so maybe you don't want to share it. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. I know it's a little different than my other episodes, but I've been recording for the past 50 minutes and it just needed to be said. So I love you guys and I'll see you guys with another interview in my next episode. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the Mom Room Podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovon Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.